Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 25. This is Writing Excuses, using the mice quotient for conflict. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. And we are going to be talking about the mice quotient again. Mary Robinette, can you give us a quick overview again of what it is? Great. So the mice quotient is an organizational theory that says that every story contains four elements, milieu, inquiry, character, and event, and kind of which one of those is the major driver affects where your story starts and stops and the kinds of conflicts that go in the middle. You can have more than one, and then you treat it uh, kind of like nesting boxes. And in the past, we have talked about using this to kind of frame and organize your story. And one of our students suggested that we talk about how the mice quotient can lead to conflict in a story, which is a really good idea. So we're going to use that. It's something that I get very excited about because uh, we do talk about it mostly as framing, but uh, what you're framing is the conflict in the middle. So if we know where a story starts, so for instance, let's talk about milieu to begin with. Milieu begins when a character enters a place and it ends when they exit, which means that every conflict that the your character is running into has to be something that prevents them from exiting the place, because the moment they do, the story is over. So that then makes it really easy to identify the kinds of conflicts that you need to put in the middle, because everything is an impediment to getting out. The example that I often use for a, a milieu conflict, like just a milieu stream, is um, in Star Wars, the, the retrieving the princess sequence because you get in, you retrieve the princess, you get back out. When they're when they've when they're running through the halls and they're being chased by stormtroopers, you've got a series of things that happen. So are they able to escape? You know, that's that's your basic question. It's like, are they able to escape? And then uh, you apply a series of yes or yes, you know, yes but no ands. But what happens there is um, the first thing that they try in their try-fail cycle, is they try jumping down a chute. Does that work? No. And they wind up in a garbage chute. So, so they're still trapped. Are they able to get out of the garbage chute by firing a blaster at the wall? No. And they wake up something. So are they able to get away from that? Yes. But it's because the garbage, the, it turns out it's a trash compactor and the walls are coming farther in. So, it, But every single one of those is all about preventing them from getting out of that, that place. And when they finally do, everything, when they get out of the trash compactor, that's, that part of the story is closed. When they get off the ship, that part of the story is closed. But everything else is a conflict. It's, it's something that is a barrier between them and exiting. Okay. So that seems to make a lot of sense for milieu. Yeah. What about inquiry? Okay, so 
This is one of those episodes where you know, I'm just talking a lot. <laughs> so an inquiry story is driven by questions, right? Uh, murder mysteries are classic examples. So your character has a question at the beginning, and the story is over when your character answers the question. So what you're looking for in the middle of the story are the things that keep them from answering the questions. Howard, you just made a face I just like, made yeah, this, the, the classic inquiry story uh, tri-fail bit is the act two body in a police procedural. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have a suspect. We have a theory. We are confident in this. Our suspect turns out to be a victim, yeah. is now dead. And so that's a that's a beautiful example of of that. Yeah. What I'm hearing, kind of understanding this time around, well, both with Milieu and here is, um, I kind of always imagine Milieu simply being, you're you're entering the place you have to get out, but there are complications along the way because you mentioned Star Wars. They can't just get out. Right. They have to get out with this person. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of these inquiry stories. There's a lot of times where the audience and even the detectives sometimes know who did it. Yeah. But the question is bigger than just who did it. It is, can we convict them? Or do I have the right person? Or how do I prove it? Rather than just who did it. In which case, often the act to body is the person who had the key evidence that you needed yeah. in order to convict. Yeah. And, and again, these are things that are, are standing in the way of answering that question. And a lot of times what happens like with a mystery um, or a, a thriller or, is that answering one question opens up a much bigger can of worms. And that, you know, that is, again, the, the character is like, well, I thought I had an answer, but that answer is actually like, I'm. Uh, it's so much, you know, like, what is making that weird sound? Is, is it, you know, what, what is making that weird sound? And then yeah. you're like, and then you, you're like, oh, well, the thing that's making the weird sound is that my front door is open. Why is my front door open? Like that, that thing where it just keeps unpacking. But the, the thing is that as long as it's staying on that line of questioning, um, it's still an inquiry story where you run into danger is when you s- introduce a conflict that is not related to that initial story question that, that isn't preventing your character from from escaping or, or so from answering a question. Would you call this a problem with the story or is it simply require some different skills to achieve or what? Yeah, so um, I say it's a problem. It is one of the things that causes story bloat when uh, when you interrupt, you prevent your character from from finding an answer by uh, by having having a plot thread come in from the side. Um, but it's also something that if you're doing it deliberately on purpose, uh, where you have multiple threads going through, that it can make the story more interesting. Because a single thread story is just straight ahead. It's, it's fairly boring. We, we know what the conflicts are going to look like. But like one of the things that is also going on in that Star Wars sequence that I'm talking about is that there is all of this character stuff that's going on. Like Luke is trying to prove that, you know, that he's worthwhile. And uh, and Han just wants money. And Han just wants money. <laughs> and all of that interpersonal conflict is also happening and interfering with with the escape. That's that's part of what causes the blaster fire, right? That's part of what causes the, the delay in talking to C-3PO because they're just yelling, Coming back to the idea of the uh, the police procedural, um, super common in your police procedurals is the A plot, B plot mm-hmm. uh, structure. And often the B plot is the one where we are doing a, a character story or we're doing 
we're doing a milieu thing. And so you will have those conflicts. I see it as problematic when the only conflict in the story is the thing that was introduced in the B-plot. And so it's something to watch out for. But some of the most elegantly constructed police procedurals are places where the A and the B, the conflicts weave back and forth, Mm -hmm. and it all feels very organic. Uh, But when you pick it apart using this tool, you realize, man, you guys nested your parentheses and everything, and it's just, (laughs) I wish I wrote that. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's stop for our book of the week, which is Escaping Exodus. Escaping Exodus by Nikki Drayden. This is a far future science fiction novel that uh, I read in January. And it's about uh, a future of Earth when we've kind of ruined the planet, which is a common trope. And in reaching out for the stars, in we weren't able to find any other habitable planets, but we apparently did find giant vacuum survivable creatures that just fly through space that we can live inside of. Ooh. And so uh, the author creates this incredibly interesting culture about these people who just move from beast to beast living inside of them. And they've been doing this for generations to the point that they can barely remember Uh, you know, this kind of dark past when they lived on a dead planet instead of inside of this alive, vibrant beast. Uh, The main character is going to soon inherit like the the high priestess role, kind of the leader of the clan, the matriarch. Uh, It's a really cool story centered around a really fascinating premise, and I love it. Awesome. Escaping Exodus by Nikki Drayden. All right, so we've got two more letters left. Yeah. So (laughs) we've got character. Uh, So character stories, I joke that character stories are driven by angst Um, (laughs) because character stories are about your character going through a a a rediscovery of self. Uh, They're a transformation. It's usually begun because they're unhappy. Um, 
So the other way that I'll joke about it sometimes is that it, it starts when your character is unhappy and it ends when they're happy. That's in a in a happy ending with the books that Dan writes that end when their <laughs> character is more unhappy. Uh, and, and unhappy in different I'm about books. half and half. Yeah, okay. It's when it's they it. thought they were happy for a little while and then they get to be more unhappy because they lose that happiness. Yes. yes. Yeah. It starts when you're unhappy and it ends when you realize, no, that was actually better. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this is the thing that it, it is. Um, so what, what's happening in a character story is that your character is trying to change. And when, or they are resisting change. But when that change happens, when once that change has occurred, the story is over. You know, that, that arc is over. So all of the things that are happening in the story are things that get in the way of that self-transformation. It's, you know, you're filling them with self-loathing, uh, doubt. Uh, they try to make a change. It backfires. Um, all of these things, you see it a lot in coming of ages and romances and things like that. But it's it's basically um, the character getting in the way of themselves. Uh, character stories are very much an interior conflict. And a lot of times when you're pairing them with something else like, um, like a, a, a milieu or an inquiry um, or event, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, what you're doing is that the, the character goal is something that often they have to sacrifice in order to achieve another goal. Um, I find that putting the, uh, the character conflict kind of in direct opposition to whatever goal that they, they need is, is very useful. Um, like, you know, the classic epic fantasy version is, oh, I can't help with this. I'm an orphan farm boy. <laughs> you know, and then you get a little bit farther along well, I'll come along, but I'm not really going to be able to do anything because I'm an orphan farm boy. Oh, okay, I've picked up a sword. Oh, I stabbed something. Hey, I guess I can do something, even though I'm an orphan <laughs> farm boy. And then eventually, you know, the orphan farm boy becomes the king. It's like, hey, look at me, orphan farm boy. I'm the king. I guess being an orphan farm boy isn't so bad after all. And, you know, it's it's this thing. <laughs> I, I like how mercilessly you're mocking Fifty percent of our listeners, <laughs> including Brandon. Fifty percent of our listeners are orphans. Damn, and farm boys. Twenty five percent of our cast are orphans. Uh, that, it's, okay, uh, it's, that's it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that shut everyone up real fast. Let's that's, talk about event stories. I try to play that. I try to play that card to keep the conversation going. <laughs> Dan, Dan, if you can find a way to bring the mood down. One of the things that I like about he was character happy and I needed to make him unhappy. <laughs> One of the things that I like about character stories is that, uh, and, and character conflict. Um, one of the things that we as human beings most love, uh, even if we don't admit it, is the approval of the friendship of the camaraderie with other people. Yeah. And when you are trying to change, the people around you probably don't want you to if they're people who like you because you might change into something they don't like. Yeah. And there are so many thousands of ways to explore that principle. Um, and and it, it's so incredibly relatable because to some extent or another, we've all been there. We've yeah. all done that. Yeah, and one of the things um, about that is that when you're thinking about a character story, I think that we we often talk about, you know, the character has to undergo change. But one of the things for me is 
is the character driving the change themselves or are they resisting the change? Is the change being something that they 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 don't want to do? You know, like the character who does not who want to discover that they're actually a jerk, you know, that they insist that they're not a jerk. And by the end, they realize that they are and they mend their ways. But if you come into it and it's and you've got a character who's like, hey, I have actually had anger management issues my entire life and I'm going to work really hard to to do to not do that. Or the the one who's like, all right, so it's time to be a parent. I'm going to buckle up, even though this doesn't come naturally to me. But let me what are the things that I can do? Those are two different things. So the one who's resisting the change, when they go through their try-fail cycles, they're trying to hold on to that initial definition, right? So the failure to hold on to it is the thing that propels them onto the next stage in their evolution. Whereas someone who's trying to change, they're going to be failing to change. And when they succeed, that's what the thing that propels them onto the next thing. And I think it's important to know kind of where your character is on that journey and that that it's gonna it's gonna shift too uh, over the course of their over the, the the course of their arc sometimes, but the the conflicts are all the things that prevent them from making that change. Event stories. All right, so event stories are um, uh, the status quo, the normal, the outside world. Something breaks it, and your character tries to put it set it right. Um, so where event stories are internal conflict. Uh, sorry. Character stories are internal conflict. Event stories are external conflict. These are the things that most of pe- most people think about as the plot. It's the things that are happening, mm-hmm. uh, even though all of the other ones are also plot. Uh, but it's, you know, those are the conflicts. It's like, there's someone with a gun. Oh, no. Yeah. So I, I, I've been thinking about this the whole time. I haven't been saying much because I've been trying to look at my own book, Zero G mm-hmm. in terms of this. My question isn't something that I that I use a lot when I'm outlining, but I'm fascinated by this idea of how it can create conflicts and how it can flavor the conflicts in certain directions. And so uh, Zero G is home alone in space. Little boy mm-hmm. is on a colony ship going to another planet. Pirates hijack it. He has to fight them off because he's the only one awake. Um, if that were a milieu story, mm-hmm. then the conflicts would be around, well, he gets on the ship, and then the story ends when he gets off the ship and all the conflicts would be there in the middle, the things that are stopping him from getting off the ship. And that would be a very different book than what I have now, which is more of an event story. Pirates show up and he needs to get rid of them. Right. And so we've, we've it, and, and so you can tell the same story. I could have told it as a milieu story. You absolutely could. Where all of the conflicts are centered around the ship itself and things that go wrong with it. But... Choosing one will give you a really good idea of what kinds of conflicts to include. Exactly, and and this is like there there are milieu elements in zero G. Definitely, he one of the things about it is you know he has to navigate, and you do open with him getting on the ship and, and close, close with, with him getting arrive, to the new yeah, planet. Yeah, right. but but all but you're right. The major driver is the event, the the arrival of the pirates, and and the failure of his pod. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's a disruption of his status quo. If that pod hadn't failed, <laughs> <laughs> the story would be very different. <laughs> very, very different. But if that 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 catalyst exists, and uh, and it's that bouncing back and forth a lot of times that can make the story richer and more interesting. But it, it does help you focus it. So one of the things that I use as an example sometimes is uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Um, so if we begin, if we do a straight ahead milieu story with Goldilocks. Uh, Goldilocks 
without any of the other elements. It's like Goldilocks decides to go for an adventure. She explores a meadow and then she comes home. She has problems in the meadows. Her shoe comes untied. Like there's no bears. Um, whereas if I wanted to tell it as a character story, I could be like, no one thinks that Goldilocks is, uh, is old enough to, to do the things on her own. So she goes off on an adventure, discovers she's way out of her depth when she encounters bears, comes home, being a child is not so bad. Or, you know, Mama Bear could be like, I want to be a great porridge chef. <laughs> my family does not appreciate my porridge. They want sandwiches. And then finally discovers that it is, in fact, her, her chosen audience of little blonde girls. <laughs> but, but these are the things that, that the, knowing what they do, it can, um, it can help you focus it. I think that with event stories, one of the challenges, circling back to conflict, is that event, it, it often feels like, well, I drop in an event, there's my conflict, I'm done. Well, you can't be done because you have to have conflict throughout the story. What are the things that that drove it? The event changed the status quo. There are elements throughout this story that you've built that our characters will continue to discover have changed as a result of the initial event. It's mm-hmm. not just a single conflict that needs to be resolved. Correct. Well, the event of this episode is coming to an end. <laughs> Um, but there's one last thing to do. You have some homework for us, Mary Robinette. That's right. So what I want you to do is I, I don't want you to think about the frame of the story. I want you to actually just free write something. Character is doing something. Um, and free write, give yourself a page, two pages. Then I want you to look at it and identify the mice elements that are inherently in the conflicts there. So look at it and ask yourself, is my character trying to navigate or escape a place? If they are, you've got a milieu going on in there. If they're not, no. Are they trying to answer a question? You've got an inquiry. Are they trying to change themselves? Are they unhappy with themselves? That's a character story. Are they trying to change the outside world, the status quo? Then that's a event story. Look at which one is kind of the, the dominant one. You might have two in there. Pick the one that you're most interested in. Maybe two. I'll give you two if you're really feeling ambitious and want to write a lot. And build additional conflicts that follow those. All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.